This is Beckett Millhaven, just saying. I'm Tom Becker. I'm McGraw Millhaven, and welcome to the podcast, and welcome to the Big 550 KTRS. That's right, also heard on uh, KTRS, on podcasts everywhere. It's a, it's a hybrid. This is a hybrid podcast slash radio show. And, uh, man, uh, what, 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 what is on your mind this week? What, uh, what, what, what's been uh, going through your head? Because I got a lot of stuff I want to talk about, but I'm sort of curious. I haven't talked to you in a while. I'm just sort of curious what, uh, what's going on in your little world. Well, I, I mean, I, 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 there's lots of things going on in my world, but I think Donald Trump uh, clearly has a vice presidential running mate that's going to slam dunk, pro- propel him to a second term. I think a Donald Trump George Santos ticket is a is a guaranteed winner. That is the Republican Party these days, isn't it? I mean, well, these liberal prosecutors when are they going to stop picking on Trump and Santos and go after Hunter Biden's laptop? <laughs> That's the whole thing. It's like I mean the the, the it, things seem to be a lot more sane. 10 or 15 years ago, didn't they? I mean, I don't know. I mean, they... it's so it's so bonkers that Donald Trump is being indicted and being convicted and his poll numbers are going through the roof. And it's like all these liberals are just picking on Donald Trump. They didn't pick on George W. Bush, right? Uh, <laughs> they didn't pick on John McCain. They didn't pick on I me mean, on the list. You know, Mitt Romney. I mean, all these other Republicans, they weren't picking on, but boy, they're just going after Donald Trump. These well, damn liberals. How, how about George Santos, man? He He's going to be indicted. He's going to turn himself in. He, he's he got a debt ceiling vote he's got to make. I mean, how are they going to... There's three people now that that is now the keeps our Republicans as the House of Representatives. That it's I mean, this has national implications. Yeah. Yeah. Um <laughs> it, it really it, it, okay, let me ask you this. Is it almost just better to just sort of just say, you know what, I'm not paying attention to the news anymore because it's just driving me crazy. It, it, it's almost better to say that, isn't it? Which, which you can't say because that's not right. You got to be paying attention to this stuff. But but what happened to the integrity of these uh, you know Republicans? I mean, I know a lot of good Republicans that definitely don't want to be supporting George Santos, but they're supporting George Santos because, well, he has an R after his name. It, it well, makes... they have they they have no other choice because you know the Matt Gates of the world and the Marjorie Taylor Greens of the world, you know. The, the you need George Santos to pass the debt ceiling because they won't. I mean, it's just nuts. Well, no, no, you, no, you, no. Actually, George Santos. Well, you actually, don't, but you do. Well, no, actually, actually, what you need is you need to get some Democrats on board in the Senate who will go along with what uh, the House passed, or at least find some sort of reconciliation that is uh, tolerable to uh, uh, President Biden. But the reality is, is that they had a meeting on what Tuesday. And uh, they didn't get along. I mean, they came out saying that nothing has really changed. In the meantime, uh, our economy could be going over a cliff. The world's economy could be going over a cliff, you know, o- over all of this. And, and and the fact that these people are playing politics instead of sitting down and saying, okay, look, we got to do what's best for the American people and not what is best for our party or best for our political careers, it just, just blows my mind. Yeah, no, I hear you. So that's that's I think the uh, Trump Santos ticket is a winner for the fall. You know what? 
I really wish that you were joking. But I don't, it wouldn't surprise me. It, I mean, that's it. it. It wouldn't surprise me. If if Donald Trump and George Santos, you know. Uh, All right. Well, I got other things. What's on your mind? Well, uh, the other thing, I mean, it sort of goes along with, you know, Donald Trump, uh, the uh, E. Jean Carroll uh, lawsuit, you know, that he lost, you know, $5 million that he's out to pay. Um, you know, of course, that's all just, it's all just these liberals that are trying to um, prosecute him, even though he's on tape saying that he just goes and grabs women by the you-know-what, and, and uh, he can't tell a picture of E. Jean Carroll from Marla Maples. I mean, the whole thing is just, and this is the guy we want to lead our country? Well, and and stars, fortunately or unfortunately, can grab women whenever they want. Do you consider yeah, better yourself or worse, a, yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, do you yeah. consider your, yourself a star? Sure. Yeah. As a matter of fact, did you do? Did you do this? No, I didn't do it. <laughs> okay, yeah, I have a star. Bring that hoo ha over here. I want to touch it. Yeah, I mean, come on. It's just, no, but uh, I know. I know people only look at this stuff through their own political prism, and I'm not going to change anybody's mind. And I'm not going. You know, if you love Donald Trump, anything he can he could shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue, and it doesn't matter. You'll still support him. I, I get it. But if you were charged with and on trial for doing something so outrageous and yet didn't do it, right? Wouldn't you at least want to go there and say, I didn't do this? I mean, Donald Trump's best defense is Donald Trump. And he didn't want to go on and be sworn in and tell the Jury, in his own words, I did not do this. No, 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 no. Donald Trump's best offense is not Donald Trump. Donald Trump's worst enemy is Donald Trump. They, well, they, had, can, the they had the deposition. They had the deposition where he said, yeah, you know, if you're a star, then don't you do this sort of thing, you know? And I'm a star. I mean, they had the deposition there. They, they, they yeah. Uh, but, but what I'm saying is, if if you were accused of something as egregious as rape and you didn't do it, wouldn't you want to go and tell the jury and hear it in my own words, I did not do this? Except uh, he's got truth social to put that out there. And, uh, you know, I well, mean, so that's why I, I don't have much sympathy for him, because he didn't defend himself. He, he, he didn't put on any defense. You know what? And and. And he's the a Republican front runner. I'm so, I'm sorry. I think I think if you put if you were to, were to put uh, if you're the lawyer and you put your uh, you know Donald Trump on there, uh, you know he's your client. Now you're going to subject him to the uh, the other side being able to go there and uh, uh, question him. No way, man. That, that, you could go. You could go and get Trump riled up on something like this. He'll get so emotional. He'll say something. That would, you know, as a matter of fact, he did it in the deposition. He did it in the deposition. You know what he's saying? Eh, you know, for better or worse, yeah, unfortunately, unfortunately, you know, you can grab women when you want when you're a star. He did it in the deposition. He's not going to, he's not going to go. So you, and, don't, um, you don't trust him enough to defend himself in this trial, but you'll defend him enough or you trust him enough with the nuclear launch codes. I'm not voting for the guy. No, 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 I'm not saying, I'm not saying you. I'm just saying, I know, I'm just I know, saying. Yeah. 
the country. You don't trust him because he might say the wrong thing in his defense, but you trust him enough with the nuclear launch codes. Right. The world makes no sense. The world world is upside down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The the, the nuclear launch codes, which he has somewhere in a file at Mar-a-Lago. I mean, (laughs) some. As in a nightstand. (laughs) Yeah, on the nightstand. On the nightstand. Again, the whole thing is just like, look, there are a lot of good Republicans out there. And you might have a difference of opinion about how they want to handle things, but they're not crazy. You know, and that, that's it. Is, is how so many Republicans have just fallen in line with the craziness is what just blows my mind. You know, I mean, the, and every once in a while I get, I get a sense that maybe some sanity is returning. And then you get people defending, you know, George Santos, who's, maybe they're defending him. You know what? You know what it is? You know why they're defending George Santos? It's all part of that. Uh, that Jewish laser. Well, but but you think about this. If if Liz Cheney were to run for president, she would beat Joe Biden. She'd lap the field and you would have a conservative's conservative. She voted with Donald Trump 90 something percent of the time. So if Liz Cheney, Liz Cheney should be a lock for the Republican nomination, Democrats would vote for her. Wait, I mean, in in record numbers, you'd have Democrats voting for Liz Cheney, but she's not good enough because she had the audacity to call out Donald Trump. She's a rhino. She's, she's not worthy because she called out Donald Trump. He is worthy, even though he can't d- defend himself in in a court of law. Yeah, yeah. Okay, got it. I know. I, it just it, it's just it's just crazy. So anyway, so uh, I just got back from vacation. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Well, happy. Well, anyway, you know. My birthday's in November. What the? What? How was your How was your vacation? Well, I was going to say, the gas prices, what's what, what gas going for in St. Louis right now? How much has it got on gas in St. Louis? Are you there? Did I, Did you freeze on me? You did. Your, 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 your internet froze on me. There you go. Now I'm back. Your internet froze on me. Well, yeah. Anyway, so how much is how much is a gallon of gas in St. Louis? Um, with a um, with a car wash or, or without a car wash? Without a car wash. Okay. Oh, three fifteen or so. Okay, I saw it for two ninety nine here at Omaha. It's like five dollars a gallon in Arizona. I don't understand it. Yeah, I mean, I'll give you that much of a disparity. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. We we've got a disparity here in St. Louis where it's like three thirty three forty in St. Louis County, but it's like fifteen twenty percent twenty cents cheaper in St. Charles County, which makes no sense. Is it taxes or is it? I I mean no, it'd be state taxes. It's the same state, so I don't know. It's weird why tax in the same different counties of different prices. It's we're very very bizarre. Well, at least inflation is starting to ease a little bit. Again, some better inflation news uh, came down uh, this week where it's still too high, but it's not where it was before when it was at, um, you know, what, you know, 10, 12 percent or so. So kind of like kind of like you as a senior in college, still high, but not as high as you were when you were a freshman. (laughs) First of all, I didn't know you back then. Secondly, you may have a point, but the thing of it is, 
But seriously, folks, um, well, that's funny you say that because uh, when I was on vacation, I went and visited an old uh, college buddy of mine that we've kept in touch all these years, right? And it's just sort of weird, you know, when you go back and you think about the person you were back then versus the person you are now. Yeah. You know, it, it's just, you know, I mean, this guy, this guy has got the most beautiful house you'd ever want to see. They're in the mountains of New Mexico. It's just one of the most beautiful houses you ever want to see. And and yet at the same time, if you knew him back in college, it'd be like, how in the hell did this happen? <laughs> what kind of a derelict are you? How did this happen? Yeah, huh? yeah. He well, you know what? He 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 married he married a wonderful woman who, who made him get his act together. And uh... <laughs> you know, it's it's really funny you mentioned that, and not to bring race into this, but uh, I know a lot of people like that. Uh, present company included, uh, in which, you know, we're allowed to make those mistakes. We're allowed to do stupid things. If you're an African-American and you mess up once, right, that might ruin your life for the rest of your life, where you can't be a young, stupid college kid doing stupid stuff. Uh, well, part of it is that I, uh, I don't think that, you know, we, we didn't get caught. So yeah, you have a point there. Yeah. You well, know, yeah. you didn't get caught because you were driving while white, right? I, well, no, I don't know. I mean, no. I, there's I, a couple. There's a couple times I got pulled over when I was let go by the police officer. Uh -huh. I was pu pulled over for doing nothing wrong. Pulled over because you know I blew off a stop sign or something, and yeah, but, the police but, but, officer okay, were, let me were, go. Were you, were you were you drunk when you were driving? Were you high when you were driving? No, were you, no. Were you, were no. you transport? Were you transporting pounds of cocaine? I mean, no. Yeah, yeah, you get pulled over, and the cop says, "Oh, no, nothing here to see. Move on." I mean, I did a ride along in Kansas City with um, a police officer, and uh, they were looking for an African American man, and and this is how far back it goes. African American man in a red Ford Fairmont. All right. They see an African American man in a red Ford Fairmont, pull him over. He ain't the guy. He's not the one they're looking for. The officer says, Have a nice day. Sorry to bother you. He moves on. The man in the car, I knew, I knew what they were looking for. The man in the car doesn't. He just thinks he's being pulled over for driving while black. You know, so I mean, and, and again, I'm not saying that it doesn't happen. I'm not trying to excuse the times when it does uh, indeed happen, but not every time. No, I agree. I is, agree. Is, you know, I mean, did you did you get pulled over? Did you get pulled over because and um, uh, deal with the um, benefit because you're white? You may have gotten off a little bit easier, but on the other hand, if they have nothing there, they have nothing there. I'm just saying. I'm just saying that. You know, I'm just saying that there's. I don't. I don't know what I'm saying. I'm just saying. Well, that I, know, I don't know. I know you're saying either. I am saying it is time for our first commercial break here on the Beard 550 KTRS. Back with more of Beck and Millham, and just saying in just a moment. This is Beck and Millham, and just saying here on the Beard 550 KTRS. Also available wherever you get your fine podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on iHeart. We're on iTunes. Wherever you get your podcast, we're pretty much there. So look for Beck and Millham, and just saying. Wherever you get your fine podcast. Can I um, want to, oh, do you want to bring up something? Go ahead. Oh, yeah. I was going to talk about the writer's strike that's okay. going on right now in Hollywood. Um, one of the things they're concerned about is artificial intelligence writing their scripts. And while that's a valid com uh, concern and a valid uh, uh, worry, I, and, and by the way, and I support the writers because I think you know writers need to get compensated for what they do. 
I also have a tough time with it though, because it's like, how many other people have lost their jobs due to automation? You know, how many, uh, how many uh, radio DJs have lost their jobs because of syndication? How many radio talk shows have lost their jobs because of syndication? How many, uh, you know, um, now now there's even a, a website out there that radio stations can go where artificial intelligence will have what DJs sounding like they are there in your hometown and it's all computer generated. So how many people have lost their job due to automation, due to new technology? Should these writers be treated any differently? It's a good point. Writers uh, aren't losing their jobs because of technology or uh, DJs aren't losing their job because of technology. They're losing their jobs because they had a terrible union or didn't have a union. Now that may be it too. Yeah. But, but the unions, I mean, there's always going to be a non-union shop. There's always going to be an independent filmmaker that's going to be able to come out with a big hit using artificial Yeah, but even an independent filmmaker has got to use union whatever. So it's yeah. still an independent. It's still a union. Look, I, I, it's, a, it's a great point. Um, and uh, I, I think, you know, as much as the checkout, you know, the personalized checkout in the grocery stores that is sort of putting, you know, putting the cashier out of out of business, Um you know, I, I it's a great point. I, I don't I don't know the answer to it. Um, but if you have a computer writing a script for, you know, breaking bad, how much do you really want to how much do you really want to? I mean, how good is that going to be? I, I still can't believe yeah. that, that that they can write a script as good as a human. Well, okay, let's let's look at it this way. Okay, so let's say, for instance, you've got a late-night talk show, okay? You know, any of the Jimmies or um, uh, Stephen Colbert, right? Late-night talk show. And let's say you've got 10 writers on staff, because it takes a lot of writers to put together something like that. Sure. you got 10 writers on staff. Well, now, and 10 writers on staff, and they come up with maybe, they come up with maybe uh, 30 jokes, 30 jokes to add it down to the 10 that they use on the air. Okay. Now you go with artificial intelligence. They come up with a hundred topical jokes and now you need maybe two people to edit and to rewrite the best of those. I mean, it's, it's, it's going to have an effect. It may not, you're right. I mean, you know, the, the, the creativity. Yeah, but how funny, how funny are those jokes? Are you telling me that chat box, can write jokes funnier than than humans? No, what I'm saying is that they can come up with a basic concept that maybe a human wouldn't have come up with. Then you have one or two people editing to make the joke the right joke for that um, for that comedian. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it might be another writer in the room, but what does the chat box say? But I think still think you need. I don't know. What What do I know? I look if if you're an advertiser on radio, right? say, do a commercial for Stewart from Stewart's American Mortgage. Is he going to want a computerized voice doing it, or will he want a person who's really used the product talking about it? Well, he's going to want somebody that's going to be able to bring him business. And if they find a way to make artificial intelligence a way to, to bring him business, they're going to do it. I saw mm -hmm. a study I saw a study or, or a report where they, somebody said that uh, like within uh, 10 years or so, 80% of the jobs, you know, going to be um, done with artificial intelligence. How many years? Uh, I think within 10 years. 
Uh, I'll be retired by then, so I'm good. Well, yeah, yeah, you're good. What what about <laughs> what about your daughter Emerson? What about the world you're going to be leaving her? She'll be in the convent, so we're good there too. So, can I? Uh, I want to talk about Tucker Carlson. Can we talk Tucker Carlson? Uh, sure. But I want to talk Tucker Carlson, not in the liberal conservative whether you like Tucker Carlson or don't like Tucker Carlson. I want to talk to him just, I want to talk about it in the pure broadcasting sense of the world, which sort of piggybacks on what you say. And all these people who want to sort of boycott Fox because Tucker Carlson isn't on there anymore. I, I, this is no reflection of my thoughts on Tucker Carlson, what I like about his show or don't like about his show. So he's announced that he's going to do a show on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I think people are falling into a very wrong assumption that somehow Tucker Carlson is to be a dominating figure in the conservative news by doing a show on Twitter. Because the people who watch him on Fox aren't now at 8 o'clock going to go to their Twitter account to watch Tucker Carlson. Some might. A few will, but it's just too easy to go on Fox and watch their person. It'll be Tucker Carlson is going to he's no longer going to be culturally relevant by going to the Internet. He'll be a form of Alex Jones. He'll be a I mean, Howard Stern. Alex Jones makes millions of dollars. I'm not I'm not talking. I'm not talking about how much he might make millions of dollars. But in terms of being culturally relevant, he won't be. Alex Jones, only a fraction of the people know who Alex Jones is. Only a fraction. I mean, Howard Stern used to have much more powerful reach when he was on terrestrial radio. He has a fraction of that now. Bill O'Reilly has a fraction of it. Glenn Beck was huge when he was on regular. Now, I never hear of. I never hear anybody but, say, but, okay, hey, but hold on Glenn a second. Beck said. But I, I mean, you're, you're talking about, uh, you know, how the, uh, but the, 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 the media culture has changed. So much in those few years. I mean, you take a look. Yeah, Glenn Beck was huge. Why? Because there weren't 8 million podcasts out there. There weren't, uh, you know, so many people on social media yet. Okay. Yeah, now Glenn Beck is over there and, and you don't you don't hear about him so much. Unless, of course, you're a big fan of The Blaze and you're a big fan of Glenn Beck. Then that's all you're hearing is what you're hearing. It's just, all you're getting is the uh, the news you want to get from a source that yeah, you trust even, as opposed to. Yes. Yes, but even Glenn Beck fans, I'm not I'm sure there are Glenn Beck fans who went and found him, right? But look look at look at David Letterman, okay? David Letterman and Jay Leno. Jay Leno got better ratings just because he was on NBC. If you would have switched Leno and and Letterman, Letterman would have gotten better ratings being on NBC. Tucker Carlson got better ratings because he was on Fox. He was using their platform. He goes to Twitter. He's going to be lost forever. Look, it's the same thing when I left the old folks station and went to KTRS. People would say, oh, my goodness, I miss you on KMOX. And I'm like, well, I'm just down the dial. All you have to do is change the dial. Yeah, I know. But nobody changes the dial. It's just people don't watch that way. I, I, I agree with you 
I agree with you that Tucker Carlson will not be as big as he was on Fox. But I would also uh, add this caveat that nobody's going to be that big. Okay, and, and I'll tell you why. Because there is just so much out there now. We're not focused on any one thing. You know, I mean, I mentioned earlier about the writer's strike and uh, and uh, the late night talk show hosts. It used to be everybody watched Carson, right? There's never going to be a late night talk show host as big as Johnny Carson. Why? Because there's too much competition out there. Are you watching? I mean, I had this conversation this past week. I'm on vacation. We're having conversations about, uh, so what are you streaming? What are you watching? Nobody's watching the same thing anymore. Okay? I mean, I'm talking about how much I love Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, and they're saying, oh, I don't care about that so much. We are in Albuquerque, and, uh, you know, uh, my, uh, I'm with my niece and nephew, and they want to go see the Breaking Bad set. They want to go see the house. They want to go to the museum. I've never seen an episode of Breaking Bad. So we don't have those, uh, you know, unifying shows or personalities anymore. There will never be a band as relevant as the Beatles were back in the day just because there's too much out there. Uh, all true. All true. Like that Breaking Bad is a great show. You should really sit down and watch it. Um, but Tucker Carlson w had that at Fox. He won't have, and if anybody thinks he's going to go to Twitter and somehow reinvent Tucker Carlson, um, he's, he's sadly mistaken. Fox is too big. Fox is too powerful. Fox will find the next voice and they'll prop him up and he will, he, he will outshine Tucker Carlson and Tucker Carlson. He might make millions with some subscription and some whatever, but he's he's not going to be as culturally relevant as he was on Fox. Um, I I'm not going to disagree with you on that, but I would also say that you know what, he Fox almost needs him more than he needs Fox. I don't think no 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 no. The, the, first of all, the people who are watching Fox aren't going to go and watch Tucker Carlson on the Twitter feed. Okay, they they can. They can barely turn on their YouTube TV or their cable, so they just leave Fox's it on. Fox's ratings have been down since Tucker's been gone. Yeah, they'll be, they'll come, they'll bounce back. They'll they'll bounce back. They'll bounce back. Look, I have a couple of other things. Uh, I have a way for uh, Anheuser Busch to solve their their Bud Light problem. Uh, okay, I'm, I'm all I'm all ears. And and I have a new television show you must watch. You must watch. Okay, and is, are, are you doing a tease right now to get people to stay tuned through the commercial break? Is that what you're doing? Well, this is why I'm culturally relevant because we're on the Big 550 KTRS. Uh, do we have to break? Or can we well, I, I, I just gave like, two teases there about what you know what you got going on. I mean, that's... Well, um, do, you want me to tell, do, you want me to, do you want me to tell you or do you want to take a break and come back? Well, let's let's use those as teases, okay? So, what are the what are the things you got? Anheuser Bush's problem, you got that solved. I've, I have that solved. And a TV show that we all must watch. That is correct. All that and more coming up on the Big Five Fifty KTRS. If you're with the podcast, just hang with us. We'll be right there uh, on the Big Five Fifty KTRS. This is Becca and Millhaven. Just saying. We are back once again with uh, been sitting on the edge of my chair with bated breath. As McGraw Millivan says, he has come up with a solution to the Anheuser Busch uh, trans uh, transsexual uh, problem. And, and what what is your solution, sir? He and and feel free if you're a marketing person to use this. You don't even have to mention my name, but just to help out Anheuser Busch. Here's how they get out from under this debacle. 
you go and you talk to Kid Rock and you get Kid Rock, you pay him a lot of money to put him in a commercial with Caitlyn Jenner. And they click two Budweiser beers together and say, we raise a glass to America. You get Hillary Clinton and John Boehner to click a Budweiser and a Budweiser. Here's to America. You take, um, you know, uh, Protestants and Catholics, Jews and Gentiles. You take Cub fans and, and Cardinal fans, Yankee fans and Met fans. And you, 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 get, you, get, you pit every two groups that just despise each other. And you get representatives from these groups and you put them together. And it's like a we are the world or a let's buy a Coke, right? Let's let's buy a Coke for and, and, and give a yes and say, here's to America. You're not paying attention to the mood of the country anymore. That, that, that's your problem here. Look, there's a there's a time there's a time that would have worked. There's a time I think that would have been the proper answer. I'm not sure we're in that time anymore. Kid Rock's going to look at this and say, what, are you crazy? I'm going to, I'm going to lose my entire fan base if I show any type of support for this, for, for, for Caitlyn Jenner. No, or the not, if they pay him, not if they pay him $10 million. He'd do it. Everybody's got a price. And, yeah, and then it'll be all over social media, everybody bad-mouthing Kid Rock. By the way, which is pretty much an everyday occurrence anyway, but that's another story altogether. <laughs> I'm I'm telling I'm telling you, man. You you get you, some creative minds going to come together with some some messaging, some verbiage, and some you know type of you know we're all in this together. America is is more powerful and and much more important than any of our cultural differences, our perceived slights, or whatever else. And you get your Leno and Letterman's and whoever else and people who who known feuds. You know, and 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 have them raise a glass together. I I look. I wish you're right. I mean, I I would love to see that be the case. I would love to see that be the case. I just don't know that we can do that anymore. I mean, I don't know. Are you are you going to be able to get? You're going to be able to get um, Mitch McConnell and uh, uh, Feinstein to get together and uh, Chuck Schumer to get together and uh, tip a glass. That that those days, I think. You know, something along the lines of come back, know, but I don't think they're around right now. Something along the lines of, you know, we can all agree on one thing. Bud Light's the best or something, right? Something. First of all, no, it's not. Well, you know what I mean. Hey, you, want, you want to solve Bud Light's problems? I can't solve them all. Beer. I can't solve them all. I can just solve this one. That's yeah. the concept. Now, yeah. give these other people a couple of hours to sort of come up with a verbiage. That That's that's how you solve this Anheuser-Busch problem. I, uh, I really... Because they can't, the, the they, old, the they old, can't the apologize. Old hippie, the old hippie and me, the old hippie and me that, you know, said, can't we all just get along? The old hippie and me agrees with you. I like the to buy the world. The realist, in me, the realist in me says, no way that's going to work anymore. I'd like to buy the world a Coke and keep it company, right? Have a have a jingle. Have, I'd like to buy the world a Bud Light and keep it company. There's some something along those lines. Except when they did that, World of Coke thing, right? What you had, what you had were TV stations and networks that were saying how wonderful it was because they didn't want to lose the Coca-Cola business. What you didn't have were a bunch of people on Twitter saying, what is this BS? You know, I mean, yeah, I mean, come on. you're. I'm sorry, McGraw. You know, I mean, what you're talking about in the past. I'm telling you, that's what I would, if, if I were running Anheuser-Busch, that's what I'd do. 
And you know what? And you get blasted for it all over. Well, you get blasted for walking down the street. Well, look, it, they ain't, they're doing just terrible without me. So why don't they listen to me once in a while? Well, first of all, I, I mean, I also think that the, the, the damage that's been done is overblown. Um, no, I don't know. Their sales are down pretty much. Their sales are sales are down. Sales are, are indeed down. Okay, but you know, remember everybody's going to boycott the NFL, right? Remember how that was going to work? Well, yes, but I think this is a little different, and I because I was at a social event the other day with um, people who are, shall we say, uh, open minded to alternative lifestyles. Okay, okay, you would consider them sympathetic to the lgbtq community okay and we're out at a restaurant and uh somebody says or somebody's ordering a beer and the bartender says oh do you want a bud light and we all we all made crass rude jokes about oh bud light oh hey he's one of those right so bud light has become a punchline for everybody even those sympathetic to the LGBTQ world, which is dangerous because nobody wants their product to become a punchline. And that's exactly what Anheuser-Busch has done to Bud Light with this situation. Uh, I don't think the Bud Light is the Pinto of beers. I, I, I just don't I don't I don't see that happening. I I think that um... it is now. Everybody makes a joke. Everyone's making a joke about Bud Light. You you walk down, the, you go to a bar, a ball game, you drink a Bud Light. Your buddies are making a joke about you. Okay. I mean, <laughs> you and I have hung out a lot of times. Wouldn't matter what we were drinking. Our buddies are going to make jokes about us. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. It's It's... It's part it it their their product has become a punchline. Until the next punchline comes along. Sure. Yeah. But for now, for now, they're the punchline. Well, I, I don't think it's I don't think it's I don't think it's a lasting damage. I think uh I think people that like Bud Light will still like Bud Light. I'm look, I'm not drinking Bud Light, but it has nothing to do with the fact that they uh support LGBTQ uh issues, right? It's because I just it's don't because care about Bud Light. It's it's because it gives you a little more bloat. I I'm not a, not a, I'm not a fan of beer in general as a general rule. But I don't know um, if I can continue doing this this podcast. Uh, all right, one more. I, I I tease. Are you watching on HBO White House Plumbers? Uh no. With Woody Harrelson and Justin Theroux. No. Okay. So it's a limited series, five parts. And Woody Harrelson is Howard Hunt, and Justin Theroux is our buddy G. Gordon Liddy. Okay. And it is a docudrama about how these two bumbling fools get mixed up in the White House and the committee to reelect Nixon. And somehow they create these dirty tricks campaigns. Okay. And it's sort of the lead up to the Watergate break-in, like how these two ended up leading the Watergate break-in and the tomfoolery and the idiocracy of the whole thing. So last night was episode number two. And they were, this is before, this is like months before the Watergate break-in. And they're pitching ideas to John Mitchell about things to do. And one of them was 
to bug the Democratic National Convention at the White House. Well, they say, look, we have a bigger problem right now because we have. Have you ever heard of this woman called uh, Ditta Beard? Have you heard ever heard of this woman? Not that I recall, no. Ditta Beard was a lobbyist in the 70s with a company called ITT. I think it was like a precursor to AT&T or some offshoot of AT&T. It was some technology company. And she wrote a memo that basically said this ITT company and the Nixon administration put up a quid pro quo. They were doing something nefarious. They got a lesser fee or fine because they were going to then do something for the Nixon administration. So she writes this scathing memo. And Howard Hunt and G. Gordon Liddy are then charged with trying to convince her to not testify and to sort of go away. And so um, as I'm watching this last night, I was like, I've never heard of this Ditta, uh, Ditta Beard before. Is, is, is this a real person? Did this actually happen? It turns out there was a lobbyist named Ditta Beard, and she wrote this memo. And she surprisingly all of a sudden had a heart episode and she was whisked away to Denver, Colorado, and they tried to subpoena her and investigate her. But she clearly, you know, so the whole story was how the two of these numbskulls and knuckleheads got her, you know, out of the way to save the Nixon administration, which then John Mitchell was so thrilled with, then gave them the uh, the go ahead to now bug the Watergate Hotel. It's a long way to go, but I'm watching this last night, and this actress who's playing Did a Beard is so good. She's like, remember the old lady in the movie Throw Mama from the Train? Owen. Owen. She she was like that woman. She was smoking, she was drinking Schlitz beer, she had a really raspy voice, and she was doing, and she's a heavy set woman with this really 1970s wig. She was fantastic. I'm like, I've never seen this actress before. I never, this woman is wonderful. How come I've never seen this woman before? So they're rolling the credits. Do you know who the actress was? Huh? Kathleen Turner. Oh, okay. (laughs) And I I had to go back. I was like, there's no way that woman is Kathleen Turner. I went back and uh, you, after you know it's Kathleen Turner, you're like, oh my goodness, that's Kathleen Turner who was playing this smoking this chain smoking drinking lobbyist who was foul mouthed hooligan who was playing this this character it was unbelievable it show is that show is fantastic yeah as i recall it's been a while since, since i've seen kathleen turner but as i recall the years have not been all that great to her well she's, she's not aged she's not aged gracefully i i don't know how good her acting was in body heat but her acting in the White House Plumbers is off the charts fantastic. Okay, here's a little bit of trivia for you. The actress you're talking about in uh, Throw Mama from the Train? Yes. Her name is Ann Ramsey. Huh. And guess what? She's from she Omaha. Is, she's from Omaha. She was born in Omaha, Nebraska. That's one of the other many famous people that have uh, been born here uh, in Omaha. Along and left. With, and huh? left. And left. And left. Along with, uh, uh, what was it? Who? Who was the comedian from Real People? Skip, um, uh, I forget his name. Anyway, some, yeah, some, some comedian who was 
on TV for 15 minutes and then died. So um, so what you're saying is that your your list of famous people is the woman from Throw Mama from the Train and some comedian you can't remember the name of. Uh, that and Warren Buffett, who, by the way, had his big uh, meeting in Omaha this past weekend. Did you did you go? No, I was in uh, I was in Arizona. And oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Funny, <laughs> funny how the guy scheduled it on the weekend you were out of town. Well, I actually I uh, I scheduled. It was like, oh my god, all the Berkshire people are coming to town. I'm getting out of here. Um, you know, because if you talk to the wait staff, uh, people in bars and restaurants, they work their butts off. But these uh, real rich people from Berkshire Hathaway aren't always the best tippers. Well, that's that's because the guy doesn't pay any dividends. They all their money is all their money is locked away in the stock price. I mean, their stock is trading at four hundred thousand dollars a share. You gotta to you know get any money, you get you gotta sell four hundred thousand dollars share. So I just you know sorry, I'll get you next time. Well, there's the baby bee stockholders. They they could be they could be tipping better. I I I will say this when I was when I was working for tips as a waiter or busboy or something, and somebody would say, "Oh man, I don't have any cash. Sorry," you know, be like, "Don't worry about it, right?" You'd walk away you're like a loser. Now that I have a job and I have money and I'm supposed to tip somebody, I'm like, oh, dude, I don't have any cash. Sorry about that. I kind of feel let me, bad. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Okay, because you're a rather high-profile person there in St. Louis. All right? Do you feel an obligation to tip like over 20% even if the service is bad just because you don't want your name out there being, oh, that, that McGraw Milham is a tightwad? I can honestly say that I have never, ever tipped because I was afraid they would think McGraw-Millhaven's a cheapskate. I tip more than 20%, regardless of how bad the service is, because I worked in restaurants, and I know what a tough job it is, and so I'm just paying it forward. Um, yeah, you know what? I, I, I've never, I I've that, never... I do have that in the back of my mind, only because I know enough waitresses and waiters who have told me who the media people are and the sports people are in this town that are bad tippers. <laughs> you I know? So, I, so I do, I do but, but at the same token, having also worked at bars and restaurants over the years, I do know what a tough job it is. And uh, I do try to... Uh, I, I, mean, I, I, I think there's nothing more shameful than to be known as a cheap tipper. I mean, is there anything worse somebody else could say about you? I mean, I say anything you want about me. Just don't. Well, say I don't know. Oh, really, really. Hey, hey, hey. That been Rob Milhaven. You know, he's a pedophile, but boy, he sure <laughs> tips well. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. All right. Anything short of that. Boy, yeah, yeah. That, that been Rob Milhaven. He murdered twelve people, but boy, <laughs> you know, can, he I don't mind the guy. The guy who tipped me. The guy who tipped tip, tip me well. So, what are you going to say about the guy? Uh, I, I, guess. I, I, I don't know. Saying saying you're a bad tipper is, you know, that's just. That's one of the few things that would really set me off. And I know. I, like, I, what are you talking I, I about? Do, I do agree with you. I do agree with you. So uh, uh, e- I think we're about even out when of time. I had Even when I had two nickels. Even when I had two nickels to rub together. It was like, no, no, no. If I got two bucks, you got one of them. <laughs> even, if, even if the pizza delivery guy was just walking across the street? I tipped him very well, too. And we'll leave that for next week. <laughs> All right. Uh, are we all caught up on our commercial breaks? Or do we need to, need to take one more here before wrapping it up? Are we done? I think uh, three segments of 15 minutes each. We're done, baby. We're, we're done. Good. All right. We're out of here. We're out of here. Thank you for joining us. Of course, the podcast is available every Thursday. You can also listen to us here on KTRS Thursday nights. Have yourself a great week. 
And uh, we'll be back again next week with more of this, whatever this is. A Huda Media Production.